0: Welcome to The Joy of Marketing with me Andrew Feach. This week I'm joined by Georgia Cummings from Potage. Welcome to the show Georgia.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Uh, So could you maybe just start off by telling us a bit about Potage and the idea behind it?
1: Absolutely. So I started Potage in 2012 and I had just I had done some work at the White Company, a company I really enjoyed working at and learned a lot about all the different things people do within a company. I knew I always wanted to work in food and at the time I had just, I guess I'd just started working in London and every evening I used to think I wish my mum who lived quite close could drop off an extra portion of whatever she was making and I could just bung it in the oven and eat it. Um, rather than have to start from scratch and cook every day myself. So I thought, great, I'm gonna, do, I'm, I'm gonna have a go at this and pretty much started with nothing in my mum's kitchen. Um, I bought a bicycle and started just delivering to local homes around where we lived. Over the years, the company change, sort of went through huge ups and downs and changed a lot. And I guess the latest edition happened about two years ago I had my first baby and the pandemic started and the one thing I found when I spoke to other mums um, was whether they were working full-time, part-time or not working, everybody didn't always have time to cook themselves from scratch and shared that similar problem of wanting to feed their family good quality, homemade food, but but just didn't have the time to do the shopping, the cooking, the washing up and everything. So what we saw in the pandemic was everyone was ordering our hot meals. So we decided to freeze them because I've we've always tried to be a business with zero waste. That's um, been really important to me. It's a huge issue around the world. A third of food is currently wasted. And we now flash freeze our meals and deliver them nationwide. Um, with a real focus on sourcing local, British ingredients. Um, our meals are seasonal, so we work with our suppliers to use whatever the best, best in season is. Um, also, convenience is a huge thing for, for me and all our customers, You know, people who don't have the time but don't want to make a compromise on the quality of what they're eating. And balance so we work really hard developing our products and making sure they're the best really delicious and full sort of i guess i eat a flexitarian diet and it's something we've seen more and more in all our customers is this wanting to eat more of a balance and lots of whole grains and vegetables in our meat dishes as well
0: as veggie ones well i I can see i mean you've obviously had a particular challenge in london i mean something i always notice when i go to london is just the the huge range and quality of food that is actually readily available in London mm-hmm. so um, certainly if you've managed to um, you know win market share um, in London you can probably do it just about anywhere I would think.
1: Yeah it's it's funny I, I guess there is but I, I mean we don't I never get to go out anymore since having kids I feel like going out is no longer something I have the um, pleasure of or i certainly not as much as i used to and um then ordering in i always felt like it's lovely to order in sometimes but often it can feel quite unhealthy it's cold by the time it gets there everybody wants to order in at that same time of night so by the time the kids are in bed and you want to order there's actually an hour long wait before the food even gets to you um so it definitely feels like there's you know there's room or 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 there isn't someone else doing exactly what we're doing at the moment sure
0: and something else that struck me again looking at the website was the 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 very high quality um of of the food photography and obviously Mm -hmm. when you're well i guess when you're selling any product online it's obviously important to have good photography but i do think uh food photography is is a particular challenge because it's Mm -hmm. a very hard thing actually to take um good photos of
1: it's it's food photography is really hard. A lot of photographers will say it's sort of the hard, one of the hardest things to photograph. And we did it in house for definitely for the first sort of six years or so. And then recently we have found a photographer who we work with, and one of the nicest things is usually the way people get a good photograph is the stylist makes the food from scratch, um, and it's actually nothing. It it's not related in any way to the product you'd get.
0: Delivered. So just a brief legal comment there, I think is if you say serving suggestions um, under a photo that essentially means that you can do more or less whatever you want with it I think at that stage. Oh really? Yeah because I think the idea is when you say serving suggestions that means you're no longer taking a picture of the product, you're taking a picture of how the product could be served with the addition of other things.
1: That is interesting. Um,
0: but that—that that is actually interesting that somebody actually, even in the food industry, doesn't know the term. So, no. Uh, I've always had my doubts whether consumers actually understand that serving suggestions means that the photo isn't really a photo of the product at
1: all. I, I didn't know that, but I, I have bought a lot of things and thought that is not what I saw a photo of. But no, yeah, they use—they use—they put our trays in the oven and we shoot it straight out the oven.
0: Well, it looks great, and I suppose following on from that, I mean, I I, I noticed uh, I was on on I follow you on Instagram now, and it's, you've got you've got twenty thousand followers, which I thought was actually good for a business sort of at, at at your stage. I mean, did you? I mean, obviously that's tied in with your food photography, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I mean, did did you have any particular sort of strategy for trying to gain these followers, or is it just something that kind of organically happened as you posted photos of uh, of nice meals?
1: It's organically happened. Over the years, with the help of, I guess, different influencers or celebrities who've enjoyed our food and kindly posted pictures of it, that was always the way we got followers, especially early on. And it's just, I feel like Instagram and Facebook, every time you start to think you're understanding how they work, change everything and you're back to square one. So it's just been a slow, gradual increase in followers over time and it, really nice building up a community of people you know some of whom have been with me since i very first started in 2012 so it feels like a big family on there
0: cool and you mentioned uh, celebrities because i noticed you have had some sort of celebrity endorsements i mean was that again was that something that you you went out and planned to do or was it something that just just happened
1: no, we have been really lucky. So we used to do we've done quite a few magazine shoots in the past for Women's Health, Men's Health and had different celebrities putting images. We had Joe Wicks on a shoot who I love um and was doing lots of his workouts over lockdown and he posted a load of our food that he ate on a shoot. And then more recently Davina McCall who and went round to her mum's house and was her mum gave her one of our salmon massman curries and she just said it was one of the best things she'd ever eaten and very kindly featured us on her Making the Cut podcast and talked a lot about us. And that's always you know, we've we've never had any deals with with anyone. We're far too small to be able to do something like that. So it's it's a real support to have people like Davina McCall give you a little shout out on her podcast and she's always discovering new brands it's great and nice way to hear about it and it, it you know when someone's genuinely ordered and tried a product they're not going to talk about you unless they really do like it so it's a huge compliment
0: yeah that's absolutely fantastic um and I see, yes you have also obviously had some some great press coverage as well so I mean, did, did you use a, a PR agency for that or did you just do that yourself too
1: again we've done it we've done it ourselves one day we'll have, one day it'd be lovely to have a, an agency who help us. But again, I, I guess it's all from, you know, when I started it from scratch and I've had to learn along the way how to do everything before handing anything over. And press is something we've kept in-house and I still do it. And got a sort of, it, you know, it's nice now, some of these journalists I've, I've been talking to for years and years. I think the one thing I've learned is people won't feature you if they don't like your product which is right they shouldn't um and we've just been lucky we've we've been featured and had a lot of support from different journalists over the years
0: yeah that's great well I think my experience actually is that journalists generally prefer to hear from uh, the the founder of the company than Mm -hmm. from a PR agency anyway because you know, they're constantly getting calls and emails um, from PR people who often don't actually really know the full background of the story that they're selling. Yeah. So they're normally very pleased to actually hear from, um, from a founder.
1: That's true. And I think, like with everything, there's, there's the luck of timing in it. They, they think my husband actually works. Um, he does some writing about, around adventure and stuff, and it's just you've, you've got to get lucky and email him at the right time. With the right pitch or product, and 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 then you've got to ha- the product's got to be right and and do a good job.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so away from all of the the organic marketing we've been talking about, which is obviously mm. very important for brand building, um, how how do you actually go about recruiting your customers?
1: Good question. I mean, it, it seems to change all the time, and I had a great conversation with another female founder recently and we were to, you know particularly in the last two years when the pandemic happened it seemed like online was the place to find your customers because everyone was at home on their phones on their computers a lot more whereas now that's changing or, or we've seen that for us it's been changing a lot um, online is suddenly more expensive everyone's talking about all the ios changes and la 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 they you know it's now a lot harder to attribute the sales it's more expensive. So, you know, how else can you find customers? We've we've got a very loyal base of customers. So we're trying different things like referral schemes, um, email marketing, um, you know, press, all, all all this stuff helps. But over the last few years, we've focused mainly online. And now we're looking at other, different channels we can start testing.
0: Yeah, and I guess obviously some of that Comes from knowing who your customers are, because obviously, kind of once you know who are the people that are likely to buy your product, you can then begin to start of thinking about ways of uh, ways of reaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm just going to ask you a leading question here. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how how have you been sort of discovering who your customers yeah really are?
1: So, this this has been a real a real focus for us recently, sort of really understanding our customers, who they are. Why they why they like buying from us and and everything and so we recently switched from Clavio to Machine Labs and in there you've got the Mosaic profiling where we can see your whole customer base where the majority live where sort of map them out where they live what their interests are everything like that I guess at the beginning I was seeing who they were on my bicycle when they answered the door um, which was Absolutely amazing at the beginning to be able to really understand who I was developing products for and things like that. Whereas, as you get bigger, you can't. I, well, I, I don't go, I try and avoid going on a bicycle at all costs
0: now. Yeah, and, and there is also slight an element often that for brands to get bigger, they do often just need to ex- slightly broaden the proposition. I mean, certainly when, when I had to look through. Look through your customers. In fact, I say of all of our cu- of all of our clients at Machine Labs, I think you have the wealthiest customers. <laughs> oh, I suppose it's a. It is a, it, part of that is probably because you're based in London, and obviously, simply to London is just a very expensive place to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I think at the moment most of our customers are in London because for basically seven of the eight years we were only delivering in London.
0: Oh, I so didn't realise that. That it, does explain...
1: We only went nationwide about a year ago. Yeah, at the moment, the majority of customers are in London and it's something we're now sort of starting to deliver further afield. We're delivering nationwide and slowly building that database Yeah,
0: up. that absolutely makes a lot of sense. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that, that progresses because mm-hmm. certainly my suspicion is that it will actually work very well simply because outside London there's actually fewer options for food delivery than there are in London Um, and so you would you would kind of think that as there's less competition. Definitely
1: um, and I think something we see a lot is a lot of people gift our products so whether it's to new parents or relatives if they don't live nearby it comes back to kind of why I started and wanting you know I want to be I want potage to almost be that family member or friend who would drop off a delicious bundle of meals at someone's door when they need a helping hand, and you know it's it's really nice to see. My husband bought his mum a gift subscription, and now she gets a delivery every eight weeks. And he, you know, for him. He's really happy because it's sort of a lovely thing to be able to do, and know your mum has a freezer full of meals, so you, you're you giving her the gift of a night off cooking. Well, I can certainly
0: see. I mean, again, obviously, you gave me access to to, to the reports, and I mean, your net promoter score (NPS), um, which I guess is something you'll have come across. if people mm-hmm. ask you, how likely are you to recommend to a friend? I mean. You, again, you're scoring very, very highly on that. So obviously, once you do get a customer, the customers are absolutely um, delighted with the product.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, oh, it's hard work running a food business, but when you see, we use Trustpilot at the moment for getting customer feedback, and obviously Machine Labs for the MPS score. And when you get those high scores and the feedback and you see customers, I got a message from a customer who was my very first customer. Her name is Joy, appropriately, at the weekend. And, you know, she's been ordering with me for nine years almost. And that just is the best feeling. So, yeah, it's really useful collecting that feedback, NPS scores, Trustpilot feedback, to make sure customers are happy and you're constantly improving things but it's also just it's a nice like well done to the team every time we get a good good that's great and
0: I mean something I often do when when I mean I think one of the difficulties you often have is when when somebody and direct to consumer asks for help about marketing so much of the time they don't really have a problem with marketing they actually have a problem with the product
1: yeah, <laughs> and exactly. you
0: know once you actually get the product and proposition right so that people are delighted by it suddenly marketing becomes um a lot easier
1: yeah yeah i think also the i feel like one of the big challenges with marketing is that and, and I, I was, this is exactly what I spoke to someone about the other day is that they just raised a whole load of money to build out a subscription side to the business. And now is probably the worst time you could be launching or trying to set us up a subscription. And you have to be agile. You have to... You can't just set a marketing strategy and go with it when everything is telling you that's not the thing to do right now. And it's constantly reviewing you know how customers are shopping with you and and constantly learning
0: so what are your plans for patage for the future
1: a good question so we've got a new website launching this week which is really exciting which is just going to give the customer a lot more flexibility to order as and when they want they can order as many different meals as they like and a mix of our serves one and serves two, quite a few customers will have the serve. You know, I'll have the meals for one um, as a quick working lunch and then the meals for two in the evening. Um, we are also, we recently started supplying a couple of farm shops with our meals and offices. So we worked with a lot of different offices before the pandemic, um, supplying them with lunches and suppers. And so we're starting to do that again, which is really exciting. Um, just, yeah, I guess helping people eat better at work.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming onto the show. And, of course, thank you very much for being a customer as well. No, thank you. If you would like to join Georgia as a Machine Labs customer, you can learn a lot more about who your customers really are, starting with basics like gender, age. Um, how many people there are in the household, um, whether or not there's a garden, what pets the household might have, and what their hobbies and interests are. And of course, what can be quite important is knowing how wealthy and uh, what income the customers have. Because again, you might be thinking about price and might be offering different levels of discounts to people um, according to how well off they are. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I look forward to speaking to you next time on The Joy of Marketing.